Um, this morning, I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. And, um, you know, the, the, the title of the message, however we want to phrase it, is uh, uh, the importance of faith or why faith is so important. Um, you know, it, when we take a look at faith, a lot of people don't understand what faith is. We've talked a lot about faith and, and, and uh, how it's described here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as uh, uh, the, the, the key passage on faith itself. Uh, gives the definition of faith in verse 1 where it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. As you go through it, you begin to create the biblical definition of faith, which is believing God at his word and doing it in obedience. We find that uh, all of these individuals who are there believed what God said and followed through with obedience, doing what God asked them to. But in verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That him is God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we start thinking about why faith is so important, it comes down to this. In order to, if you will, know more about God, you have to have a certain amount of faith that says, I want to believe what he tells me, and I want to follow through in that relationship. I want to be obedient to him. I want to make sure that my life is exemplifying Christ, that my life is following the desires and the will of my Savior. I want to make sure that that is what I'm doing. And when we diligently seek him, he has obligated himself to reveal himself. He will show us important things. He will show us doctrines. He will show us truths. He will show us things that we need for this life. So faith is necessary to find that knowledge of the Lord. You're not going to find knowledge of the Lord in any of Charles Darwin's writings. You're just not. You're you're, you're not going to find uh, anything about the Lord in the writings of of Karl Marx or Adolf Hitler or, or anyone else. Anything of the philosophers, you're not going to find that. Where you find it is you find it in scripture. You find it in the word of God that he's preserved for us. You find it uh, here in these pages saying, if you want to know more about who the Lord is, you're going to find it here. And you have to have faith to say, this is God's word and I am going to diligently obey it. Because that's how I go about seeking it. So we find that faith is necessary to find the knowledge of the Lord. And you know what? It just starts off with simple belief. It starts off with simple belief. As I've heard said, and as I often repeat, the toughest verse to believe in the Bible is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you cannot believe that first verse of the Bible the rest of it is going to be much more difficult to believe. I mean, we got people going up in chariots. we got people disappearing. We've got uh, things coming down from heaven. We've got things coming out of the earth. We've got the earth swallowing people. We've got miracles and armies being defeated by angels. We've got all sorts of stuff in there that's going to be a little difficult to believe. If we can't just simply believe that first verse. So it starts off with that simple act of belief. I believe this is the word of God. And on faith, I'm going to read it. On faith, I'm going to believe it. 
on faith, I'm going to obey it. Because that is going to be the evidence of what God has done in my life. That is going to be the substance of what I do and how I live. So let's see some practical application of what faith does for us. Let's see uh, uh, four things that I want us to see why faith is necessary. Because if faith is not part of the Christian life, first and foremost, there's not going to be any salvation. Because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith in Ephesians 2.8. That not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. It is given, it is not earned. It's not a wage. You know what produces a wage? Sin. And that wage is death. Romans covers that. So what we begin to see is we see the principle that God is saying, it's not about you. It's about believing what Jesus Christ has done on the cross to pay for your sins, for the forgiveness of sins, that you might have an eternal life through him. There it is, the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot get to heaven on our own. God must judge sin. And these are hard, sometimes, beliefs that people struggle with. The world struggles with. Because they have no knowledge of God. Or their knowledge of God is skewed or uh, is different than what Scripture says. But here, with these things that we're going to see, for the Christian, for the believer, this is why faith is necessary. We're eventually going to get to that verse talking about why, you know, how we go about getting additional faith in our life, how we go about increasing our faith. The disciples asked of the Lord, increase our faith. When there was something that was difficult for them to understand, they said, Lord, increase our faith. He actually said in that case, it's like, this isn't an issue of, uh, of increasing faith. This is just a simple issue of you just do what I ask. This is obedience. But what we find in the very first part, in the, excuse me, in the very first point here is in Matthew chapter uh, 6. Why don't you turn over to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to find uh, uh, four things here from the book of Matthew that reveal why faith is so important. Now, the book of Matthew is dealing with the nation of Israel, talking about some of their issues, some of their sins, some of their struggles, some of their problems. And the nation of Israel had their issues, but what they really truly had is they had issues about being faithless. They they did not have a lot of faith. They did not really believe what God told them. God told them that he was going to make them a great nation, but that they needed to be close to him. And they said, oh, all they heard was God's going to make us a great nation. Therefore, we need to make ourselves a great nation. And they went about doing it on their own. They did not, as as Romans chapter 10 points out, uh, you know, the righteousness of God to them wasn't important. They went to establish their own righteousness. And they ignored God's. But what we have here in, in, in the first part here in Matthew chapter 6, and in verse 30, I want us to read this passage, this verse here. It says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He points out you don't have a lot of faith. Well, what's the issue here? The issue is that, that they were having a hard time believing what God was telling them. And the main reason is, is because they didn't trust God to take care of the simple things. Faith is necessary for trust. 
Here we see this passage where he's saying, look, you know, all of these things, the fowls of the air, all of these lilies that he's talking about, all of this is taken care of by God. You don't think God can take care of your problem? You don't think God can take care of your issue? You don't think God can take care of you on your day-to-day basis? I mean, who here of our own power put breath in us? Who here in our own power is holding our cells together? Who's holding our atoms together? We're not doing it on our own. By him, all things consist. And in verse 31, he says, Therefore, take uh, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He says, look, God knows what you need. God knows. And, And I love this because he's saying, these are little things. We don't look at food and, and, and raiment as a little thing, but in the eyes of the Lord, it's a little thing. And God says, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that because there's so much that's out there. The Gentile world, what are they doing? They're going out there and they're seeking all of that. They're seeking all those, those physical things. He says, I don't want you doing that. This is, this is what he was telling the nation of Israel. He wanted them to do that we today, we can apply even to ourselves. In verse uh, 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the tomorrow shall uh, take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient is the evil, uh, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He's saying, you know, this is the issue. People have a hard time trusting God, don't they? Men have a hard time trusting God. I'm going to pick on men. We get so fretful and fearful and worry. We get into this mindset that we are the providers of the family. Well, who's the provider of the family here? He didn't once mention a husband or a father or a man. It's God. You can lose the ability to work tomorrow. You can lose it today in the next hour. But I'll tell you this. So many people will spend so much time thinking and worrying about what may happen that they don't seek the kingdom of God. They don't seek the righteousness of the Lord. He says, I just want you to do that. Don't worry about the rest. And here he is again. Let's just put it in the the perspective of Israel. You're worried about the kingdom of heaven. You're worried about that physical, literal, you know, what the promises that were given. He's like, don't worry about that. Worry about seeking a relationship with God. Worry about, if you will, that concern. Take of yourself and, 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 and set the physical things aside and by faith, Believe what God just said here, that I'll take care of it. You know what that builds? Trust and confidence in God. A person that has a hard time trusting God is a person that has a hard time exercising faith. A person that has a hard time trusting God is a person that has a hard time trusting or uh, exercising faith. You know, without faith, uh, the, the, there's there's no belief in God's word, um, and 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 therefore there's no center of truth. There's nothing that builds trust. There's nothing that builds confidence in God's power and in God's faithfulness. If by faith we don't believe what God has put here and we don't do it, how are we going to ever see the power of God in our life? 
He's called the faithful one. He is faithful. He's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to a lot of people in this church. And if we have not seen that faithfulness in our lives or we have not seen faithfulness individual, then I dare say there's a problem that we need to start looking at in our heart. And it may go back to we need to increase faith. We need to increase faith. Take a look over at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 and in verse 26, another situation where he, he, he talks to the, uh, the disciples and he says to them in verse 26, and he said unto them, why are you fear, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So what's going on here? In verse 23, it says, and when they were entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch the ship was covered with the waves, and he was asleep. And disciples came unto him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Panic sets in. They're freaking out. There's parallel passages over in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke that, that, that kind of add some details here. Matthew just kind of keeps it short, brief, and to the point. They're in a boat. They think they're going to drown. Jesus is asleep. And they're freaking out. And what is he awake to? He says, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? You know what? I, I look at this and the one thing that I begin to see here very clearly is in this life, while faith is necessary for trust, faith is necessary to control our emotions. You ever see, you ever see the emotion? I, I like, maybe I shouldn't call him this, but I call him that. It's the person that is like super, super, super emotional. They're like an emotional hairball. They're just like this clump of just, you can't even tell what it is. You can't tell one end from the next. It, it, you know, there's individual strands in there, but it's all like all together. And it's just like, they're just a frazzled mess. And you look at that and you go, oh my word, Uh, trust me, I was one of them. I was one of them. I'd get angry. First thought, violence. Lord had to get control of that. Battle depression. Lord had to get control over that. Anxiety and fear. Yeah, I went to the doctor one time and he said, your, your, your entire stomach is filled with, with, with ulcers. He said, usually we see one. He said, yours looks like World War II battlefield. He's like, do you drink? No. Do you smoke? No. Do you eat a lot of spicy food? No. You have a lot of caffeine? I'm a college student. I have a Mountain Dew every now and then. He's like, what, what do you do? Just sit and worry all the time? <laughs> GI doctor's convicting me. The Lord's using him. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, listen to this guy. He's a healthcare professional. He's telling you, you got a spiritual issue. What does that tell you? <laughs> Worry, fear, anxiety, just, you know, just completely everything was out of control. I was the emotional hairball. And you know what? Here they are too. I mean, we're going through and the Lord has already done some amazing things for these individuals, for these disciples, for them to see all of this amazing miracles that have gone on. And they're afraid with Jesus in the boat. And you know what? I relate that to any Christian that has let fear grip them to the point of where they panic and they don't know what to do and they don't just keep going with what the Lord is wanting them to do, to go to the other side, to, to reach that destination, to, to fulfill the will of the Lord, to do all of those things. They struggle with it. And he just asks a simple question. He says, why are you fearful? 
O ye of little faith. The the small amount of faith that, that they had was still not enough to help them get control over this. You know, fear, and and we talked about the fear of the Lord, what the fear of the Lord is. We talked about what a definition of fear is when we looked at what fear is about. Fear is that, you know, that reaction that occurs when things and events to people, to whatever it may be. But the idea and the concept of fear is always to draw us nearer to the Lord. Not to push us away. Now, thankfully, they drew near to the Lord, but they were, they were saying, we're going to die. They were panicking. They weren't going to die. They struggled with trust. The lack of faith that had the lack of trust now leads to a, you know, this huge issue of fear that is crippling them. Fear is brought into perspective when we put faith in it. The fears that we have about tomorrow, the fears that we have of things that are going on in our life, the degree of uncertainty that's there that scares us and terrifies us. You know what? The the, the Lord clearly says, let's, let's put some faith into this. Do you believe me? Okay, then just do what I ask, is what he says. You know, we can, we can look at what the, what's going on in the world today, and you can get so wrapped up in the fear that you become paralyzed to do anything for the Lord. But I'll tell you this, now's the time to get into the field work. Why? Because if you're afraid, what are they going through? You've got Jesus Christ. You have nothing to fear. They don't have the Lord. They don't have comfort of scriptures. They don't have hope. You can go tell them. Fear is brought into perspective by faith. Without faith, emotions uh, control the spirit. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Emotions are never for control. Emotions are the warning lights on the dashboard. They tell you what's going wrong. And when emotions control the spirit, it brings about stability. Man that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. What does that mean? Anything can, anything can control it. Anything is allowed in. And it brings about this instability. Why? Because they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work. They're not allowing the Holy Spirit to say, okay, you know what? You can be angry and sin not. You can be angry in this situation, but let's use the anger the right way. Let's use it to solve the problem. Not make it worse. It's, it's not sinful to be sad. It's not, it's not a sin to be depressed. It's when the depression defines us is when we've gone to sin. Because then it's the depression that's in control, not the Holy Spirit. And we realize that there's all these things that the Lord is teaching us. And he's saying, look, you you want stability in your life? You want peace? Because this is exactly what he did. He arose, he rebuked the wind, and there was a great calm. Isn't it amazing how God does that? You're just sitting there and you're just like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah," and God goes, just stop. Just just calm down a minute. And you're like, you're gripping the sides and you're like, "Ah, ah, ah," and you're trying to get the whole thing. And he's like, breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. You know, he's trying to get you to calm down. 
And then, and then he says, okay, hold on. Watch this. He handles the situation and you're like, oh. And then you just sit there amazed as they were. But the men marveled saying, what manner of man is this that even the winds of the sea obey him? I'm pretty sure Jesus Christ is sitting there going, oh. Why is that? But I tell you, you know, sometimes that fear comes in and that fear gets out of control. And even when it's out of control, it's great because the Lord begins to use it to also increase our faith. Why? Because then we begin to see his hand do work, do the work. We're over there panicking in the corner, sucking our thumb and God's saying, I got this. There's the faith. Even with Christ in the boat, the disciples still allowed fear to control the situation. Fear is necessary to control the emotions. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. This is just some of the practicality of what faith does. Why faith is so important. In Matthew chapter 14 and in verse uh, 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Well, we know the situation here. What's going on? Peter got out of the boat. Peter got out of the boat. And people are always like, well, none of the other disciples got out of the boat. So, you know, Peter got out. He had some faith. You know, well, he didn't have little. Or, I mean, he, he only had a little. Because he only got so far. You know, that kind of happens in our Christian walk, uh, Christian walk, our Christian life. We're, we're, we're going through, through, through difficult times. We're going through difficult things. And what happened? Peter took his eyes off of Jesus Christ and started looking at the wind and the waves and got scared. And you know what happened? When you take your eyes off of Jesus Christ, you're going to do exactly what Peter did. You're going to start doubting. You know what? He, in verse 29, when Peter said, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. And what is, what does the Lord say? One word. Come. Lord says, come. You want to come to the Lord. You, you, you want to make progress towards him. You want to advance nearer and draw nigh unto him. Peter's doing this. Just like we do on a day-to-day basis. There's a horrible storm. We've already been racked by fear. Things have spooked us because we, you know, we thought Jesus was something else and they thought he was a, you know, spirit on the water and they freaked out. And next thing you know is they, they begin to realize that it's him because he says, be of good cheer to his eye, be not afraid. They realize it's the Lord. But, but, but notice that Peter still has some doubt. He still was doubting in the boat. And they called Thomas the doubter. He was doubting in the boat. If it's you, what does he say? Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. When is he on the water? A little bit of doubt. There's a big if. You ever, you ever deal with that word if in your life? That ever come up before? There's a lot of ifs, right? And who handles the ifs? The Lord. He can handle them a lot better than we can. The ifs that we have is whether or not we're going to be obedient to what he tells us. Faith. Faith. And here he is, he's starting to have doubts. He's starting to have doubts. Took his eyes off of Christ. He saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. The Peter prayer. 
You ever cry the Peter prayer? You're in a situation that you've gotten yourself into because you took your eyes off of Christ. You looked at the circumstances, looked everything around, and you went, oh, this is bad. And you're too busy looking at everything else, and the next thing you know is you, you realize you're in over your head. You start crying unto God, Lord, save me. Man, one of the simplest prayers you could ever pray. But oh, so powerful. Why? Because it basically says you're doomed without God. That is an acknowledgement that he's the one that can save you. It's the acknowledgement that you can't save yourself. It's the acknowledgement of, I need him. He, he, he is my strength. I need the Lord. Lord, save me. And then what happens? Just reaches out his hand, grabs him, catches him, and says, O oh, thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now notice, Peter didn't respond. Because Jesus is getting him to think about the situation. Why did he start going down the way he did? Why was he falling? He had doubts. He had doubts. You ever wrestle with doubt? I wrestled with eternal security when I was a teenager. And I, when, when I describe it, I describe wrestling with it. I mean, it was, it was full on wrestling. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, any fake thing. It was like wrestling match. Because I wanted to, I wanted to know for sure. One of the biggest reasons why I was doubting was because, number one, there was not enough application of the Word of God in my life. There wasn't enough belief in the Word of God in my life. There wasn't enough obedience to the Word of God in my life. What did that cause? That caused me to wrestle with eternal security. That caused me to wrestle with, am I really truly saved? And in a day-to-day basis, people can experience doubt. People can go through doubt. People can struggle with this. And I'll tell you this, you know what faith is really important for? Controlling your thoughts. Faith is necessary for controlling thoughts. Peter let his thoughts get out of control. Yeah, he saw some stuff, but it was the thinking that sunk him. We, we, we begin to realize that his thought process when he saw this was immediate. He was afraid. A little more emotion getting injected in the situation than needed to be. The end result is, is the Lord says, you don't, you didn't have enough. You didn't have enough. Yeah, he had enough faith to get out of the boat, but he didn't have enough faith to finish the walk. Because he doubted even before he got out of the boat. Doubts are dispelled through the abundant application of faith. The more faith you exercise, the less you will doubt. The less you will doubt God, the less you will doubt his power, the less you will doubt his faithfulness. The more you will trust him. See how it kind of all builds? Without faith, uh, the the thoughts of the soul's heart, um, well, they can't be brought into captivity of Christ. Um, we allow other thoughts to come in and take the place of Christ. We allow other thoughts to be entertained that ought not be. 
there's some thoughts that pop up in your head and in your heart that you need to make sure that you bring those things like that and just know. You, you know, you don't pass go, go directly to jail. You're go. You, 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 you want it to stay there. You bring it into captivity to the obedience of what? Christ. Obedience is part of faith. It's part of faith. All those believers over there in Hebrews 11 believed God at his word and obeyed. It's part of faith. It's part of faith. Peter doubted that the Lord could accomplish the miracle. I'll tell you, you know, it's a miracle just getting through the Christian life. You ever sit there and think about that? It's a miracle. Chris was telling me that there's a wonderful thing that you can do now. You can go and you can buy uh, these, these shoes that have these insoles that are filled with the water from Galilee. So that you can put them in your, 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 you know, buy these shoes for $3,000 and you can walk on water like Peter and Jesus did. <laughs> for, a, for a small sum of $3,000. And I'm like, what a, what a, what a scam. Could you imagine that person standing in front of the Lord? Be like the Red Sea. People like, <laughs> I don't even want to be associated with him. And he's like, no, 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 you get to come up here. You bought a pair. Come on. <laughs> you were gullible enough to buy a pair. You come stand next to him. You know, <clears throat> Peter doubted that the Lord could do it. Peter doubted that the Lord could do it. When the Lord said, come, that should have been enough. How often do we doubt in the Christian life when the Lord says, come on. We're going to the next step. We're going to the next stage. We're going to the next chapter. We're going to the next lesson. Come on. And we're like, eh, I don't want to get out of the boat. And, and, and the Lord's like, no, no, just, just, just don't, don't look at anything around you. Just come on. It's difficult. It's difficult. Because sometimes we don't believe Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We struggle. We struggle. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. One last passage. Faith is necessary for trust. Faith is is necessary for uh, emotional control. Faith is necessary for controlling our thought life. And faith is also necessary for discernment. Here we find in Matthew chapter, um, excuse me, not, uh, yeah, Matthew chapter uh, 16 in, in verse Eight here, which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have not, because ye have brought no bread? Now, there's a lot to be talked about with this bread here. There's a lot to talk about the two places that he discusses this. Talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians bread. And how it was deceit, and it was, if you will, the leaven that he was talking about, and how their false doctrine can really cause an issue of pride and arrogance against God. But, but not even getting into that subject matter right now, I, I just, here, here's the issue. As we go through this, um, in, in verse five is where it starts. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. They, they get to the other side, and, and there's no 7-Eleven. There's no corner market. And John looks at Peter and says, Peter, where's the bread bag? I thought you had it. No, 
Last I saw is that Andrew was giving it to you. Well, maybe Andrew's got it. Andrew, do you have the bread? No, I gave it to you, Peter. Why is everybody blaming me? (laughs) Peter's like, come on, somebody else. They all forgot it. They all forgot it. And everybody's trying to gaslight Peter. You know, it's all your fault, Peter. No, it was all their fault. They, they just forgot. They forgot. But, but, but there's more, more than just forgetting physical bread here. They forgot the work of the Lord and what he had done previously. Because you find what happens here. Then Jesus said unto them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Or in the book of Luke, or excuse me, Mark, not Luke, uh, Mark, he, he says, beware, you know, 11 of the Pharisees and the Herodians. But he, he's very clearly pointing out, he's saying, look, these guys, they're teaching some false doctrine. He takes an opportunity where he's like, oh, you guys forgot bread? Hey, let me just tell you something real quick. And all of a sudden, they're just, they're, they're now focused on the wrong thing. You ever have that happen? You tell somebody something and then they get focused on the one little thing that's like nothing important at all about the conversation. And you're like, no, that's not the point. And sure enough, they, 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 they go off, they're off rails. They're talking about, you know, bread and everything else. And he's just like, ah, oh. cause what happens here? He says, uh, you know, uh, um, in verse seven, it says, and they reason among themselves saying it is because we have taken no bread. He's rebuking us because we forgot the bread. And Jesus is like, no, that's no, no. In verse eight, which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, Oh, ye of little faith. Why reason ye among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. It's like, this is ridiculous. Because you're focusing on the wrong thing. I'm talking about heretical doctrine and you're talking about bread. I, he's like, how could you, how could you miss this? In verse 12, then, then understood they how that he bade them not, uh, not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They, they, they thought it was a warning about bread. And he's like, no, it's a spiritual thing. They thought it was physical. Jesus Christ was talking about something spiritual. And he says, oh, ye little faith. You know what that means? Faith is necessary for this, for discernment. For discerning what is spiritual and what is physical. We get so caught up in the physical that sometimes we totally forget the spiritual. Which is what they did. It's exactly what they did. We get caught up in the physical things. What am I going to eat? Uh, we, 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 we get caught up with, uh, the, the, the wind. We, we get caught up with, uh, uh, you know, walking across water. We, we, we get caught up with all of this stuff that we lose sight of what God's doing. And the spiritual connection and the spiritual desire that we're supposed to have and the spirit that is supposed to be leading us. I tell you, spiritual principles and doctrine will be understood through faith. Some of them are hard. Trinity? People start comparing it to the egg. Look, the egg isn't a trinity. Man isn't a trinity. They started describing it, you know, at one point in time they were saying, well, take a look, you got protons, neutrons, and electrons, even in the smallest. It's like a trinity. It's like, no, that's not a trinity. Why? Because if anything else was a trinity, it would be God. The trinity is unique to God and God alone. Nothing is like that. Nothing in this world. We can't even make a comparison. Other than to say, that's who God is. And you know what? We have to believe that. And you know what? We have to obey what he tells us. The will of the Father, the word of the Lord, and the leading of the Spirit. Faith. 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 
Without faith, you know what happens? A person believes anything. Next thing you know is you're asking, Chris, can I have the website for the shoes with the water? (laughs) He's getting a percentage of it, right? (laughs) Next thing you know is you're believing all sorts of other crazy things. Next thing you know is uh, you're out in the weeds on your doctrine. And I'll tell you this, every time I see somebody go out in the weeds in their doctrine, you know what it is? It comes down to a lack of faith. They're not believing what God said. They're believing something else. They're either believing what another man said or, dangerously enough, they're believing what they say themselves. Let's just be honest with ourselves. How often do we deceive ourselves? Well, I can have another slice of pizza. It won't bother me. Famous last words. All night long, you're sitting there going, <laughs> eating the whole box of Tums. Like, I got my calcium for the next three years. Going to get enough kidney stones to prove it, too. <laughs> I'm not saying this about anything that I experienced last night. <laughs> I think I should have not had that last piece of pizza, Josh. <laughs> should have refrained. But you understand what I'm saying is, is you know, we, we, we look at that and we believe anything. We believe sometimes even the things that we say to ourselves. And you know what? They really forgot the miracle that God had performed. And again, it wasn't about the, about the bread, but it was more specifically about who had performed it. And again, just as a reminder, Jesus Christ was with them. They forget the bread. You know, their immediate thought shouldn't have been, oh no. It should have been, Lord produced how many extra baskets with those things over there? You'll probably take that little piece of something over there and make it into bread. Why are we worrying? Why are we worrying about what the what's going to happen tomorrow when the Lord is the one that's going to handle it? Why am I worried about perishing in a sea when the Lord is with me? Why am I worried about sinking when the Lord is the one that told me to come? Why am I worried about physical things when God tells me I need to be more concerned about the spiritual matters? This is why we should increase our faith. I want to turn to one last passage over in Romans chapter 10. And I want to tie it all together with this. We know that it is impossible to please the Lord without faith. That's why faith is so important. In these situations, they had little faith. They weren't pleasing God. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him because, again, this is what we have to do. We have to believe God. We have to believe that he is. We have to believe that he is, is what the scripture says. You know what that means? We have to believe that God is, I am. That he is. That he's what? That he is. He's everything. He's my all in all. What what else do I need? I'm content with Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Circles right back around to this. Right back around to this book. Do we believe that this is the word of God? Do we believe that this is the word of God that has the preeminence in all things and all matters of faith and, and, and life? Physical and spiritual. Our emotional state, our thinking state, our heart state, our physical state. All of this contained in this book. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more I'm in this, the more I find him.
The more I find him, the more the faith increases. But it starts off with that simple little act of faith. Believe God's word and do it. When he says study to show yourself approved, study it. When he says that all scripture is profitable, all of it is. When he says this is the light of life, that this is the words of life, believe it and heed it. Faith is so important. This is just four instances out of one book where people had a little bit of faith, but not enough to please the Lord. He says, faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Okay. They obviously had a lot less than that. And it starts off with just a small step. Believing God at his word. Christian, are you doing that today? Do you believe it? Are you doing it? Are we increasing in our faith? Are we increasing in the knowledge of the Lord? Are we increasing in the knowledge of his will? Do I want to do his desires and what he's leading me to do? That's what we do today. Let's purpose to do that. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the time. Thank you again for an opportunity, Lord, just to see the importance of faith in our life. And Lord, I pray that uh, with just these small examples that we've seen here, Lord, we can see how critical the faith is to our life. Lord, may we heed it. May we use it, Lord, to grow nearer and closer to you. I thank you that you give us that opportunity, Lord, to know you. You give us that opportunity to diligently seek you. But Lord, I pray that we would just start off with that very simple very simple act. Lord, I believe that you are. You're my everything. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my God. You're my strength. You're my Redeemer. You're faithful. You're true. You're holy. And you're just. You're merciful, gracious, kind, compassionate, and long-suffering. You are everything I need. And by faith, Lord, may we continue to walk this Christian life doing your will because of who you are. And I ask and I pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.